Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers, and I have my lovely co-host here, Robin French. Hey, Dr. Flowers. How are you? It's good to be back after our pause. We took a little pause while we moved over to the Houstonian. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. For those who don't know, we moved, just moved in October from 5,800 square feet to 18,000 square feet. Yeah, and so we're was, out of space. So what we're are we already out do? of space. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to move me back to the Houstonian yeah, again. Probably, yeah. I think it's just days from now. I that. know. It's crazy how <laughs> yeah. we're growing and uh, continue to run out of space. But, you know, it just goes to show the importance really of the incredible gentleman that we're interviewing today on our on our show that I'm so exci- excited yeah. about is Lee Steinberg. And we're going to talk a little bit about about brain health, in which there's a lot of that going on around the world right now. So, mm-hmm. Lee, welcome, and thank you so much for your time. My pleasure to be with you. We know you. that this is Super Bowl week. Next week is Super Bowl week, and you've got a lot going on, and you're hosting your 35th annual Lee Steinberg Super Bowl party. And so thank you for doing that every year. You're quite the philanthropist around the world. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, thank you for spending time. You know, most of us know you as the character that Tom Cruise played, right? And Jerry Maguire. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So in 1993, Cameron Crowe, the writer-director, called me up and asked if he could follow me and be a fly on the wall to pick up atmosphere for a film that would feature a sports agent. And so he went with me to the draft in 93, where I had a player, Drew Bledsoe, as the first pick. He came up to Boston for a press conference. He went to Palm Desert for the league meetings. He came to Pro Scouting Day, came to a series of games. And I told him stories, lots and lots of stories. And then he went off and wrote a script that became the movie Jerry Maguire. And I had, as technical advisor, to bet the script to make sure the willing suspension of disbelief that holds you in a motion picture wasn't broken. Right. Didn't think the dialogue was stilted or the look was phony. And then he assigned me some of the actors. So I took Cuba Gooding Jr. down to the Super Bowl in Arizona. I made him pretend he was a wide receiver all week. That's great. And he had to hang out with Desmond uh, Howard and Amani Toomer. And uh, I actually had to show the quarterback in the film, played by Jerry O'Connell, how to throw a spiral because he had gone to NYU and they didn't have a football program there. Sure, that's so, right. So anyway, it's been 25 years of people running up to me in an airport or when uh, I'm out to dinner and saying those four words that start with, 
show me the that's exactly Mm -hmm. you know of all the things you've done in your life you're you're one of the most famous and and sought after sports agents in the world you've raised over 800 million dollars and given 800 million dollars in philanthropy and what so many people remember is jerry Maguire and know you for (laughs) jerry Maguire. you know 25 years ago but that movie no matter what your age is today everyone knows that movie so congratulations on that well, thank you. I think it humanized the whole field of sports agentry a bit so that people get to see the real caring there is in some of the relationships and not just the uh, greed. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Something I want to back up on and ask Robin French to do a little bit since we've talked about Jerry Maguire is he has such an amazing bio and we could talk for an hour about about who he is and his bio. But why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Lee Steinberg? Sure. Do you mind, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Lee Steinberg, premier sports agent, entrepreneur, best-selling author and chairman of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Holdings, is best known for his work building athletes into standalone brands. He's often credited as the real life inspiration for the Oscar winning film Jerry Maguire. Lee has represented many of the most successful athletes and coaches in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, boxing, and golf, including the number one overall pick in the NFL draft for an unprecedented eight times in conjunction with 64 total first-round picks. Wow. With an unrivaled history of record-setting contracts, Lee has secured over $4 billion for his 300-plus pro-athlete clients and directed more than $800 million to various charities around the world. Over the course of his career, Lee has featured in numerous national television programs, including 60 Minutes, Larry King Live, The Today Show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and many more. He's been profiled in a host of magazines, including Business Week, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, The Magazine, People, Forbes, Playboy, GQ, and FHM. Lee currently resides in Newport Beach, California. Where he happens to be sitting today on this beautiful, sunny yeah. uh, morning. Us. He Just was showing us, us a view of, uh, of the ocean from his home a few minutes ago. So, Lee, you've been named one of the most powerful people in sports in the NFL, and you've written two books, The Agent and... Winning with Integrity. Would you mind sharing um, the details of both books, the how and the why there? So Winning with Integrity is a book designed to help people negotiate in their own lives. And it's the 12 principles of negotiating. And it speaks to the fact that if you can listen, if you have the ability to draw out another human being and understand their deepest anxieties and fears and their greatest hopes and dreams and put yourself in the other person's heart and mind, then you can create a deal, you can start a relationship, you can navigate your way through life gracefully. And so what it teaches you how to do is win-win negotiation, which is both sides come away happy. Mm -hmm. And it means listening and it means preparation, uh, but it walks you through exactly the psychology of, of putting together a deal that doesn't deadlock, that doesn't cause antagonism. The agent is an autobiography. It's like a life story. And it takes me from uh, my grandpa running Hillcrest Country Club in in Hollywood, where Groucho Marx and George Burns and Jack Benny and and Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley came and me sitting on his lap. And then you go up to Berkeley in the late 60s, 
and uh, I'm on campus when all the social change is happening in, in the country and rock music and, and lifestyle, long hair. And uh, I'm student body president when Ronald Reagan is the governor of California. And every time we demonstrate, he cracks down. And uh, so I learned everything I need to learn about the art of negotiation from dealing with uh, Ronald Reagan. And then it takes you through 47 years of the representation of athletes from Steve Bartkowski being the first pick in the first round in the 1975 draft. And they're not really being a field of sports agentry with teams able to simply slam the phone down and say, we don't deal with agents to today's modern sports tableau with massive television contracts and, and stadia that has ancillary revenue streams and fantasy sports and VR sports and, and social media. Both of them are absolutely amazing books, and I would encourage everyone uh, to read both of these books. Something I just want to uh, talk about for a second, and Winning with Integrity, one of the things that you just mentioned that you talk about is the art of listening. And, you know, as a mental health professional in graduate school and postgraduate school, it's drilled into my head, and it's trained, and it's trained, and it's trained to be an active listener. And you and I see every day, and Robin, we all see every day when you're in a conversation that people interrupt you all the time, and they're not really listening to you. Mm -hmm. And I can't agree more with what your statement is, Lee, about if you just look someone in the eyes and listen and hear them, how much further you get in the conversation and how much further you get either in a business deal or a negotiation or whatever it is that you're working on. How did you learn your skill set? How did you pick up on your skill set of active listening? Well, because I realized even as a young person that people could be so different inside than the manner that they display. Mm -hmm. And especially men don't share emotional concepts or vulnerability so easy. So you have to create an atmosphere of trust mm -hmm. around someone and allow them to reveal themselves. But if you're simply thinking about the next thing you're going to say <laughs> in every conversation, you'll, you'll miss it. So it's text and subtext. It's what comes out of someone's mouth, but then it's uh, body chemistry. It's feeling the, the emotional connection. So I just think it's critical in every aspect of everything I've ever done. It will help you in a relationship, you know, romantic or marital. It will help you parent better. It will help you uh, in our field, recruit new clients, negotiate successfully, anticipate their needs. But if you go in with a pre-concept of, who someone is, they may surprise you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I learned at a very young age about listening. My grandfather was a surgeon, and I remember being, gosh, I think I was five or seven years old, and I was one of those inquisitive kids, and I That's constantly true. asked him questions and questions and questions and questions. And I'll never forget one day he turned around and he said, Jim, he was the only person that ever called me Jim, <laughs> but he said, Jim, he said, if you would wait five minutes 
instead of asking so many questions and anticipating what you're going to ask while I'm talking or someone else is talking, you will get your answer within the next five minutes. And that's often so true. And you don't lose the thought of what that person is talking about, worrying about what you're saying. And in your own life, you have such amazing respect for your father. And you really learned a lot of valuable lessons and, and core values from your father. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your dad. Sure. So my brothers and I were hardwired to believe that there were two critical values other than spiritual ones. And the first was to treasure relationships, especially family. And the second was to make a meaningful difference in the world and target problems and help people who couldn't help themselves. So mm -hmm. we were hardwired to try to go make a difference in the world in some way. And the corollary that he had to that was when you're waiting for someone to solve a problem, to right a wrong, to cure a situation in the world, as minor as picking something up off the floor and as major as climate change or racism. And the tendency is to wait for they or them to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. The amorphous they, older people, political figures, he would say, you could wait forever, son. The they in life is you. You are the they. Wow. So it, it set up a sense of responsibility that I can use professional sports to target bullying and sex trafficking and domestic violence. I can have the heavyweight boxing champion Lennox Lewis cut a public service announcement that says, real men don't hit women, we can together trigger imitative behavior in rebellious adolescence in a way that a thousand authority figures ever could, using the power of sports. So we ask that each client go back to the high school community and set up a scholarship fund, then go to the uh, collegiate community and do the same thing or at the high school level, work with the church or Boys and Girls Club. And then finally, at the pro level, put together a charitable foundation that takes the leading business figures, political figures, and community leaders and puts them on a board to execute a program. So that's work done, um, putting the 175th single mother in uh, the first home she'll ever own by making the down payment and moving the family in. So it's athletes changing lives. That's absolutely amazing. So roses and thorns, what's the highest part of your professional career and what was the lowest part of your professional career? I think the highest point of it was being able to be the, give the presenting speech for quarterback Warren Moon at the Hall of Fame. Good old Houston, man. <laughs> right. I'm very familiar with the Houstonian. Yeah. Uh, so... It's the ability to give the speech and talk about our 23-year relationship and recount his amazing role model of life off the field where he sent hundreds of kids to school on their, on his scholarships. Right. And so it was amazing. Or when Steve Young came off the field having won the Super Bowl and being in Joe Montana's shadow 
and uh, hugging me uh, on the field and saying, the monkey's off my back, the monkey's <laughs> off my back, you know, because he'd been in the sure. shadow of Duke Montana. Yeah. Or Troy Aikman winning his first Super Bowl and, and seeing how his life changed after that. But I think the low point is my struggle some years back with alcohol mm-hmm. and the fact that I had a series of problems in my personal life and I started to use alcohol to numb uh, the pain from my kids' blindness, from my inability to help my dad when he died from cancer, from a house we lost in a beachside city to mold, and then problems in my marriage. And uh, I finally hit the point where I broke denial and went to sober living and worked a 12-step program and put sobriety first. And God willing, and the creek don't rise That's next right. month. I'll be twelve years. Congratulations! Congratulations! That that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. What is your success, uh, and what is your secret for you, other than one day at a time, to keeping your sobriety? Oh, in the area of sobriety, mm-hmm. it, it it's um, a, a sense of proportionality. Mm-hmm. That at my worst, I wasn't a starving peasant in Sudan. I didn't have the last name Steinberg in Nazi Germany in the uh, late 30s. I I wasn't sick with cancer or anything else. And so how could I not be the best parent I could be? How could I not uh, approach life with my full faculties? And uh, it's just being conscious all the time that, that if there's only one thing in life that you can't do, which is consume alcohol, there are thousands of things you can do and much better. Absolutely. And I'm sure that crosses over into your professional life and working with the many young uh, athletes that you work with and mentoring them in that area as well. So thank you for for the service that you do in that area. You know, another passion of yours really is traumatic brain injury and concussions. And how could it not be with what you've done for so many years? Tell us a little bit about your work in that area. So I had a crisis of conscience back in the 1980s, and I'm representing half the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They're getting hit in the head and knocked out. And we go to doctors back then and ask them, how many is too many? When should you consider retiring? And they have no answers. So Back in the early 90s, I held the first concussion conference, and I brought together Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Warren Moon, Drew Bledsoe, and a series of uh, football players. We brought some baseball, too, and talked with them about the dangers of concussion and tried to raise awareness and think about prevention and ways we could cut down on the number and also talk about can we cure a concussion brain is there a way to bring it back and when we got to around 2006 Bennett Amalu and a series of neurologists said that they thought three was the magic number and after that you had an exponentially higher rate of Alzheimer's Parkinson's premature senility chronic traumatic encephalopathy and depression Mm -hmm. so I called it a ticking time bomb and an undiagnosed health epidemic And next week, we'll have our 17th uh, concussion conference. So we look at everything from 
taking blocking and tackling with the head out of the game, to not have young people start tackle football too early, to playing a style of football where there's no hitting during training camp or practice. It's all safe for the games. It's nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals that can prophylactically protect the brain or heal the brain once it's been concussed. So it's processes like hyperbaric oxygen and uh, the uh, electronic stimulus to the brain called RTMS mm-hmm. and a whole series of uh, modalities. And at our Super Bowl party, we'll be displaying them in what uh, we call a brain lounge. Yep. And the guests that come can be exposed to new healing uh, aspects. I, I'm so proud to, to uh, be a part of that brain lounge uh, at the Super Bowl party this year, your 35th party, I believe it is, correct? And yes. Jay Flowers Health Institute, along with Neurologics and Dr. Hack, will be there. And we're super excited to be able to meet with athletes and meet with folks and tell them about the brain mapping that Neurologics is doing and Jay Flowers Health Institute is doing. So thank you for putting this party on again for the 35th time. Wow. That's absolutely amazing in itself. You know, along with brain injury, we often see addiction and we see that across the spectrum. But I know in athletes, you've seen that. Tell me a little bit about your life with addiction, what what you do when you see an athlete that's struggling with addiction. So we try to screen at the very beginning uh, who our clients uh, mm-hmm. will be and find people with good values or from strong families who are squared away, who have a charitable impulse, who want to be involved in second career. Having said that, challenges with addictive substances can come to uh, anyone. Right. And so the first emphasis is to get people to talk about their feelings, and it's mental health is simply health. Yep. It mm-hmm. affects a, a organ, which is uh, the brain. It fits all the definitions of a disease, and so, but it's stigmatized. And so athletes who are in denial anyway, in other words, they accept levels of physical pain and injury that most of us would be in bed forever. And they accept the fact that they have to go out. Well, getting them to talk about struggles with uh, addiction and the ever-present concept of pain and relief from the pain you know you have athletes who use opiates uh and and get addicted even in the hospital you have athletes who mask all the tension and fatigue with alcohol you have athletes who use different types of drugs to give more energy or speed up and so the key is trying to if there is a problem Get the person to break denial and recognize the problem so you can get some help. Mm-hmm. And there's help available. There are programs through every league and players association. And, and the help is there. But these people that are so impregnable and powerful physically right. still have the same emotional set. And mm-hmm. so it's getting trying to be observant and seeing where there is a problem. I mean, if you have aberrational behavior or an arrest for drunk driving or something or anger bursts. Uh, All of those things are symbols that 
something might be wrong. So it's it's trying to spot it as early as you can and then do, do the often uncomfortable thing of, of trying to have someone confront their demons. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, something that Robin and I talk about all the time is the concept of what we do with a 360-degree comprehensive diagnostic evaluation and working with so many athletes who have come from backgrounds that all of a sudden they become famous individuals, they become wealthy, they become stressed, they have marital difficulties, they have many, many difficulties in life, and money does not always bring happiness, as you well know, Lee. And so doing a comprehensive diagnostic evaluation and really looking at the brain, looking at brain mapping, looking at small, even minor TBIs, looking at their psychological health, their wellness, their psychiatric health, nutritional health, physical health, and putting together that diagnostic picture of someone and then getting them back out with a plan, plan how to thrive and plan how to be healthy and go out there and be the philanthropist that you are, right? Mm -hmm. And be that individual that gives back to society. I think that's so important. And thank you for pushing that and, and talking to your players about health and being a role model and a mentor. That's a great segue to my question, which is, do you have a daily routine that you do that creates a successful day for you that you'd share with the audience? A little bit, yes. Uh, Among other things, I have a Fitbit, Mm -hmm. which uh, says time for a stroll. So I try (laughs) to do 10 to 15,000 steps every day. I work out with a personal trainer uh, about three times a week. I do um, hyperbaric uh, oxygen and something called light stem, which is an LED bed that stimulates things. So I actually went down to uh, Medellin, Colombia, and had 240 million stem cells injected. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm trying to, to use every healing modality to keep uh, cognitively as sharp as possible and, and, and be as active as possible. Then I go into the office and... Uh, Fortunately, it looks over uh, the Newport base, and every day is is different. It can be Sunday night. Uh, I was back in Kansas City seeing the unfortunate loss of the uh, Chiefs uh, and yeah. our client, Patrick Mahomes. I flew back to Los Angeles and drove up to the campus at Pepperdine University and, and gave two speeches, one to the uh, kids at lunch, and then later in a big uh, lecture room and came back to start to plan our Super Bowl uh, party. And uh, I'm in the process of uh, writing a third book and, uh, and there's filming for a documentary. So every, every day is different. And uh, now you want to support your players who uh, with the Rams who are in the uh, Super Bowl so it's it's a variety of different things. We're raising money at the party for uh, a charity called the or a community program called the Lantern, which helps young in, inner city kids get mentorship into how to succeed in business. So it's a potpourri of uh, 
of different types of uh, things. Absolutely. You know, and it sounds like one of your keys to uh, a long, healthy life. Uh, you have many, many, many more years ahead of you, but it's just staying busy and staying active and being proactive and taking care of your own health today. And one of those ways that you did it, you said, was with stem cells. How did the stem cell uh, implant work for you? Well, they're still working. Uh, I had 60 million shot into my eyes in a separate concept, and it's enabled me to drop my glasses. Wow. They don't work instantaneously. They take time. So I'm six months into this cycle, and I think the expectation is, is sometime in the next six months, they'll start to kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, sciatica, which which is compressed discs in the back, which sure. just comes over time. There was no traumatic injury, but mm-hmm. I had them inserted into my brain and knee and back. And Hmm. so we'll see. I just, I believe that we're on the brink of astounding health breakthroughs and biomed breakthroughs. And that we'll look at medicine as it is commonly practiced today in the same way that you and I look at people bleeding the president of the United States to, to help with the gunshot wounds or sure. using leeches or anything else that people born today will probably live to 120 and, and this will just get better and better as we start to replace human body parts and do preventative medicine in a way where you never end up at the doctor. I couldn't agree with you more. I hope you and I are the beneficiaries of living at least towards that 120-year mark in a healthy way. But I agree with you. I think stem cells are just one of the many things that we're looking at in modern medicine now. And I'm so excited to see what comes around the curve. So we'd love to keep up with you. Unfortunately, we're running out of a little bit of a time, but I did want to ask you, what would you, what advice do you give young men and young women who want to be the next Lee Steinberg? So we've created programs to try to educate and simulate the next generation of sports professionals. And it's not just agentry. Sports now has a cornucopia of different jobs and opportunities. It's working for a team, a league, a conference, an athletic department in sports marketing, publicity, health care, training facilities management, media, there's virtually no end to the amount of jobs there, but it takes a certain skill set to be able to to do it. So one of the things I offer is something called an agent academy, mm-hmm. and you can go to steinbergsports.com and find uh, when the next one is coming. And in that, we take young people and we, we teach them and give them exercises in how to be a recruiter and try to uh, approach a young athlete and and be convincing and how to negotiate so we have half of them play general management half of them play player agents and how to uh, set up a charitable foundation how to market and it's a day or a two-day seminar the other thing we have is sports career conferences which have everything to do with marketing and branding and pr and new entrepreneurial activities. Mm -hmm. And so we teach in those situations. You can also find my book, but, but the key is this, 
for a young person, you need to find a way to distinguish yourself from the rest of people. You need to do a resume, get an internship. You need to do something unique. And so to do that, you need to put yourself in the heart and mind of the general manager, the owner, the agent, whoever it is you're going to work for, and figure out how to enhance their life and make their life better. I tell a story about a young man who uh, sent us a copy of Sports Illustrated. So it arrives at the office, and it looks identical to Sports Illustrated. It's got their font, their type, their pictures. Uh, only this one is about has a picture of this young man and myself on the cover. And it talks about how I hired him and our firm flourished. And every article in this presentation is about how our recruiting was enhanced. We got better athletes. We got better marketing and branding. We did more deals. You know? yeah, yeah. And, and we hired him. Right. Because cool. that resume showed us research into who we were. And it showed us use of presentation and, and uh, visual skills. So I encourage young people to be creative in how they brand themselves. I couldn't agree more. I think that's absolutely amazing. And you said it's uh, SteinbergSports.com, correct? I think I would encourage any young folk, anybody, anyone, whatever age to go to Steinberg Sports and and look at this website. I'm going to throw you a curveball here that I just thought of in my head as you were talking. And that is, is... Why do you think Nick Saban is so successful at what he does? Because he has a plan and a system that's a creative one, and he uh, sticks to it. And um, Alabama, uh, it just happens to be a football crazy place. But the key to winning in sports is having a plan and executing it and being stable with it. And he has all that. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. You know, the name of our podcast, uh, Robin, is Understanding the Human Condition. Mm-hmm. And and uh, anyone that wants to understand the human condition needs to look at this man here, Lee Steinberg. For sure. Read these two books, both yes. uh, The Agent, Winning with Integrity. His third book is coming out. When, Lee? Oh, it'll be here. Okay. <laughs> No pressure. We're looking, <laughs> looking forward to that third third book coming out. But thank you for everything that you've done. Thank, thank you, you for everything you continue to do. We'll see you in Los Angeles over Super Bowl weekend. And thanks so much. You're welcome. And can't wait to see you in uh, uh, at Sony Studios I'll in s- Old MGM. See you next Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. So, Dr. Flowers, how do the folks reach you and the staff at J. Flowers Health Institute? You bet. The easiest way to reach us, Robin, is go to jflowershealth.com and look at our website. It gives you all the information that you need about our practice. And you can also call us at 713-783-6655. And our amazing Leslie Clark will be more than happy to talk to you about our program uh, or Lisa at our office as well. Awesome. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next Thanks week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank yeah. you.